0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles.
1: So, you know, every single one of you know what we're talking about on this episode, right? Of course, it's Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. It is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Greg, let's start here. Tom Brady's vibe this week. What do you see? What do you hear?
0: Yeah, so I wrote about this uh today at or yesterday at uh, bostonsportsjournal.com and um you know, I'm one of these guys who I yeah, I like to observe athletes and especially athletes that I've been around uh for a long period of time and obviously I've covered Brady up close uh you know, going on 11 years now. Um and I've seen different iterations of Tom Brady at Super Bowls and and I, I they've all been different in, in my opinion, you know, whether it's uh, you know, at, at the height of Deflategate, what was going on there. Uh, you know, the undefeated, even in 2007, I was there um, covering for, I think it was Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I was at that Super Bowl. And that, that week, it seemed like the Patriots were pretty uptight, I thought, going for, you know, the undefeated, immortality type of thing. And yep. so I've seen different versions of Brady. And, and this week, Nick, What struck me watching him and his media availabilities this week is Brady just really seems at ease. And it's not that – look, Tom Brady is probably as polished as anybody when it comes to his media interactions. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. I'm not saying that it's a front or a facade or anything like that. I mean, I I generally think that Tom Brady is a really, really nice guy. And and in those settings, he really wants to be – helpful you know he doesn't give the greatest answers in the world but he, he at least comes off as very sincere and things like that and so we saw a lot of that but I just he just seemed really relaxed to me Nick and and that led me to think all right well why why is this week a little bit different and a few things came to mind number one the Bucs are at home this week so that means no hotel no and also you know the whole COVID situation where normally these guys would be as soon as they get in, they change it a little bit, but basically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's they're at the practice field or they have these media availabilities and they you know, they're in these big rooms and you got to go table to table, or Tom's at a podium, and yeah. it's it's mass chaos, and and it, it can be a bit overwhelming for a lot of the players. Tom takes it in stride, but this week is different. You know, he gets to be at home. He said his wife and kids are gone, he's by himself. He has this sort of fortress of solitude. He only has these Zoom meetings when he has to do them with the media this week. And I just think it's it's very comfortable for him. And I think it's very conducive for the way he likes to work and get prepared for a game. So I think that's that's one thing that stood out. Secondly, I think I think the Bucks offense has gotten to a point in the last, say, six games or so where it's a lot more Brady centric and he's a lot more comfortable with what's going on now is it perfect no and there's some things that we'll talk about in terms of the Super Bowl matchup but I do think you know for, uh, the difference between this matchup with the Chiefs and the first one the, the the Bucks in the first matchup just went with five offensive linemen five guys out and pass patterns and it didn't work well for them offensively and and since that time they've become very uh they used the run a lot they keep the tight end usually Rob Gronkowski into block a lot as a sixth offensive lineman they often keep a running back in so that's max protection and that's allowed the the passing game to be a little bit more successful so i think that he, there's some comfort there as opposed to earlier in the season and uh you know i think that i think that also he realizes that he's he's on a pretty talented team that this defense he doesn't have to be a one-man show, Nick. He doesn't have to be perfect. Yep. Like, you know, he could throw three interceptions in the second half of an NFC championship game, and they can win. And I think that's a lot of comfort. Nick, I, I don't know if this is accurate, Nick, but I heard the stat this week, and I heard it on Mike Lombardi's um, uh, podcast that uh, that they said that 45% of the Bucks' points this year have been scored off of turnovers. I mean, that's – that's amazing. And that's been a big part of their success down the stretch is including in this, in the playoffs between the Packers game, the Saints game, they, they made their living off a turnover. So I think all of those things combined, Nick has led to, you know, Brady's just carrying a lot less this week, right? Where normally, especially in the latter part of his Patriots tenure and the second part of the dynasty that, you know, he really had to be perfect, and especially in the second half, fourth quarters of games, for the Patriots to have a chance to win. And I just, I, I don't think he has to be perfect with this team. I think that's a testament to the Bucs, to Jason Light, to Bruce Arians, that they have a good young team that's been ascending. And I think it, it's just made for a more relaxed Tom Brady, and I think that's, I think that's trouble for the Chiefs going into this game.
1: I think he's at ease. I don't know if that means it's trouble for Kansas City because Kansas City's got some things that they feel comfortable and at ease with as well. I mean, when you're the Chiefs and you have that offense, I don't think – you know, they're they're too concerned about Brady's mind frame and all that kind of stuff. But for Brady, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice for him, I'm sure. I don't have a lot to say about it, quite frankly. I couldn't care less than mm-hmm. you know, tense or fine. I don't think it matters much when the game kicks off. I think it's whoever plays the best, and I think Brady would say the same. So with that in mind, well, let's look at the matchup. Let's look at the Bucks offense to start against Kansas City's defense. And Greg, I'll start here. Steve Spagnolo versus Brady. And when you look at the history of this matchup, Brady's had some good. He's had some really good moments against Spags, But Spags, compared to a lot of other defensive coordinators, he's been able to limit Brady. And he he usually kind of throws the kitchen sink at Brady. He's going to give him everything, four-man rushes. Then he's going to have guys drop back. He's going to sprinkle in all sorts of different stuff against Brady. I think that's one of the most pivotal matchups in this game on Sunday how does Brady perform with that computer he has now, right? He always says, I feel like I have the answers to the tests. Well, we'll see if he has the answers to the Spagnolo test, because I do think Spags is going to scheme this thing up, and he's going to challenge Brady and see if he can play as well as he has in certain moments and really test him and say, okay, Tom, I've seen you throw the football away, which Tom has done a decent amount this year. I'm going to try to test that and see if instead of you guys taking advantage of turnovers, it becomes a disadvantage for you on Sunday?
0: Yeah, Nick, I think it is it is a very important matchup. And uh, look, Spagnolo has basically been kryptonite for Brady. I mean, he really has been, um, you know, both in terms of wins and losses on the big stage and, and regular games and also in the statistics. And I, there's a couple of things that are constants, with Steve Spagnuolo and his scheme, especially when it comes to playing Brady and/or the Patriots, and it's that uh, he likes to bring pressure. Yep. Uh, in the it, when they played in the regular season, I think it was the first two down, first two downs, uh, th- first two third downs. Spagnuolo came with zero blitzes, and um, the Bucks are going to have an answer to that, and, and w- they're going to have to have one. And one of the things where I, I've seen them struggle over the course of the year. And I have a fear that a lot of the things that we've talked about over the course of the season with this Bucs team about how they haven't exactly totally meshed offensively. And this is sort of a first year type of thing. And you see this a lot is that, you know, Brady is used to different answers when it comes to pressure. And uh, whether it's site adjustments, route adjustments, all sorts of different things in the Patriots offense. And the Arians offense is more of, they they go with hot routes where there's a designated, all right, if you see a blitz, then you're going to do this on your route and give the quarterback an option. Uh, They've, Nick, they've struggled with that at times. There's a lot of times where there will be pressure and whether it's, normally it's Mike Evans. Normally Mike Evans is the answer to pressure. For Brady and the Aryan system where it's usually a quick hitch or, you know, go deep. And we even saw it in the Packers game, Nick, where that interception along the right sideline where it looked like you're like, where the hell was Brady throwing that ball? Like Mike Evans was supposed to do something different. And that's been an issue for these guys this entire season. Now, can they fix it in two weeks and have better answers? Maybe. But I do think, Nick, and I think you have brought it up before. I think the Bucks' running backs are really going to have to have a big game in the passing game, and they've struggled catching a lot at times.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, Leonard Fournette's had a good playoffs, but he mm-hmm. has struggled catching the football, hands of stones at times. And and when I look at this, when I look at this Kansas City defense, Greg, the one guy I think that Brady is going to challenge over and over and over again is Bashad Breland. I, I think he's yeah. tried to look at him focus on him and try to attack him. And I think Breland understands that because this week, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said, you know, I'm I'm excited to be able to highlight my skills and spotlight what I can do. I think Breland understands that he's going to have a target on him. How do you feel about Bashad Breland as a corner? Do you think he's the weak spot in that secondary, which frankly, Greg has been much better than I expected them to be. They're young, they're fast. I think Kansas city's secondary is overlooked at times to me,
0: one weak link, though is bashad breeland I, I I think you're right. I think Breeland's sort of a boomer bust cornerback. Uh, he's he's very aggressive, and sometimes that helps him. Sometimes it really hurts him. But one of the big things when when you talk about the secondary and spagnolo and and I don't think Spagnolo can do it with this group. Maybe he can. Maybe I underestimate what they can do. But in terms of, how you beat Brady? And I remember I've had these conversations with Spagnolo over the years. He's a local guy, and uh, I've always had a really good relationship. And, and with him, he always has talked about you need to you need to change up versus Brady. You need to do something, whether it's your pressure or your coverage on just about every snap. And, and uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, went back and he watched the 2007 film, and he came and I remember looking at the film myself at the time. And I came to the same conclusion, too. And, and this was also, you would notice this with Rex Ryan's best defenses against Brady, is that it seemed like they played a different coverage on every snap. And those are the type of things you need to do. Like, you can't just go straight man or two-man or robber coverage against Brady. It's just he'll figure it out. And you, you have to mix it up. And, and you also have to mix up how you pressure him because he's going to come to the line and he's going to try to have the answers to the test before the snap. This is where Spagnuolo's better than most, is that he will have different looks. Yep. And this is where I don't know if Brady and these Bucks are quite ready because with the with the Patriots, you knew that Brady would be able to come to the line, all right, try to get them into something and a dummy count or what have you to get them to reveal what they're going to do, and then all of a sudden he he would – give hand movements and this and that. And I just don't think he does that that much with this Bucks group. So can can he can he take a look at Honey Badger, who I think is really the X factor? And even when you talk about Breland, you're going to see snaps, Nick. Trust me, you will see snaps where Honey Badger is in the middle of the field before the snap. And by the end of the snap, he's helping Breland double team somebody. And so that is going to go on. And are the Bucs going to be able – is Brady going to be able to say, hey, they're in this. I'm going to check to this. Are are the Bucks going to be on the same page? Are they going to be successful doing yeah. that? I have a lot of questions about that.
1: Yeah, it's the kitchen sink that I mentioned. I think Spags is going to throw that kitchen sink at Brady. One more thing to look at is Rob Gronkowski he had a really good game against Kansas City this yep. year earlier in the regular season. We'll see if that carries over. Kansas City's offense, and I remember uh, you know looking at this offense before the year and saying, well, you know, they get to the Super Bowl, we'll know why. And yes, again, this offense is really good. And now you look at this matchup of that offense against the Bucs defense, and we have to start here. I think it's necessary. I think it's maybe the most critical point of this entire game. Kansas City's offensive line. They're missing their starting tackles. If you look across the board, uh, they've got Wisniewski, who was picked up from Pittsburgh after they released him in, like, November. They got a couple of seventh-round picks that are in the mix there. They've got a guy playing left tackle that hasn't played left tackle since 2016. So you've got this Kansas City offensive line, which I think is very challenged, versus a defensive line of Tampa who has shown up JPP, Shaq Barrett, Vita Veya. And even though Indominik and Sue can take some plays off, he also can impact the game. Greg, I think it's absolutely necessary for this Kansas City offensive line to be able to hold their ass in the trenches for Kansas City's offense
0: to do what they want to do. Without question, I think it's I think it's the biggest matchup. In the game, I mean, you're talking about Mike Remmers at left tackle, yep, who is barely a tackle in general, and you're talking about Wiley at right tackle. Uh, Wisniewski is just an average sort of journeyman backup type of guy, and I will tell you, as a, as a whole, this Kansas City, the the way they are right now, is one of the least athletic offensive lines that you're going to see. And what what is it about the Bucks defense? They're fast. Yep they they go all over the place. And that's going to be sort of the, the give and go in this game. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the X factor. Like, you know, he might have bad protection and he has at times last game. He had that bad protection and it it doesn't, it doesn't face him. It doesn't slow down the offense. Can they keep him confined to the pocket and make him uncomfortable and keep him from being Patrick Mahomes? That, that is the big key in the game. Now, if you're the, if you're the chiefs, if you're Andy Reid, you know, are you thinking about, all right, am I going to help him? Am I going to keep like, you know, Kaiser in, am I going to go more two tight ends and keep an extra tight end in to block, how are we going to deal with this? But I think aside from the rush, it's how are the bucks going to take care of Kelsey and Hill? We've yeah. seen with the Patriots, you're never going to hold them completely down. You're just trying to keep them probably around a hundred yards each. And Nick, a big indicator in this game to me is going to come very early with the Chiefs. What are they going to do with Kelsey? Are they going to give re- him free releases off the line? Oh, or are they going to knock the snot out of him and yeah. throw off the timing? Yep. Because, you know, I- I've seen Todd Bowles before and-, and he will change up, but he's he's a guy who gives tight end free releases. I've seen him do it with Gronkowski over the years when he was with the Patriots. And I worry about that. If If Kelsey gets free releases off the line, I think it's going to be a long day for this, for this yeah. box defense. And I think Hill, you have to find a way to put a safety over the top of him. Agreed. Um, I, I think you'd go with, uh, you know, probably Murphy bunting uh, on man coverage with him. You know, they the Chiefs are getting Sammy Watkins back in this game. How effective is he going to be? But you got to find a way to put a safety over the top of Hill, try to keep him in check then again, the Chiefs have also developed a lot better answers than they have in the past to that. So I think they're a handful. That's why you're right, Nick. The big thing is, can they get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and make him less effective? Because if they can do that, then they can keep the scoring down. Otherwise, I don't know if the Bucs can win a shootout in this game. You know Todd Bowles is going to send pressure.
1: He can't help himself.
0: He absolutely loves to do that. And if Bowles wants to get an idea what
1: to do against his Kansas City offense, just in case he forgot about week 12, just pop in like it's 1985, Nick, pop in a VHS, <laughs> you know, put up the old digital of of the game against the Bills because what Leslie Frazier did, Leslie Frazier's game plan against the Chiefs was so bad that it gave David Cully the head coaching job in Houston. Like, that was as bad as it could get. They never, never were physical with Kelsey off the, off the line, and they gave him free releases all day long. They singled Tyreek Hill a number of times, allowing him to run those crossing routes. I mean, it was a nightmare. You've got a double Hill, and you've got to knock the crap out of Kelsey. Who's your X factor in this game, or what is your X factor in this game on Sunday,
0: Greg? Well, I think that for the Bucs, I think that um... – I think that I think that Gronkowski needs to have a big game. I think that the tight ends are part of the answer against this Chiefs defense. We saw Gronkowski like you said have a big uh a big game against the the Chiefs the first time around. That was vital. I think that they've sort of kept Gronk in reserve a lot of this season, the second half, the two weeks. I think they might be it may might feel a little bit better about him. He'll have a little bit more bounce in his step. Uh certainly I think he's going to be a humongous factor in the red zone. Um, use him as a post up player. So for the Bucks, I like uh, Gronkowski in this game. I also, I really would like to see Scotty Miller be more of a, uh, more of a sort of factor for Brady. I think he's very underrated. And uh, for the Chiefs, you know, I think it's, I think it's Honey Badger. I think he, he is the type of guy who, who brings his best game and the biggest games brady is going to be aware of him on every snap that still doesn't help i just think he he has a chance to really blow up some plays and it would not be a shock to me if he has sort of a big game turning play in this game and sort of gets the chiefs on their way to a victory
1: you mentioned it earlier the idea of Mahomes' ability to escape they say escapability in football uh, you mentioned that, and, and I have that as one of my major X factors in this game, and it sounds kind of weird to say Mahomes is an X factor, but it's the game within the game. It's how he performs against that pressure. It's what Andy Reid calls as well, along with Eric Bienemy. Do they get the football out of Mahomes' hands quickly, consistently? And when they decide to dial something up, is Mahomes going to be able to beat the pressure. And if the pressure starts to get to him, his ability to extend plays and find open men. You know, when you look at this Tampa defense, this Tampa secondary I don't think is great. And, you know, they're they're pretty good at safety. The problem is both of their starting safeties are banged up. Winfield and Whitehead were both limited yesterday, and they might end up being game-time decisions. And this Tampa secondary against opposing quarterbacks this year 25th in completion percentage. So when you look at that, if the Tampa Rush doesn't get home, and if Mahomes with his creativity and his ability to extend plays, I think he's going to be able to pick apart that defense on the third level. So I think that's a huge, huge X factor. All right, you get our X factors. Some of the breakdown now. Greg, tell us about BetOnline.ag.
0: Yeah, Nick. uh, Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at BetOnline. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a three-point underdog against Kansas City, looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. You know who did that. It was the Pats. Yeah. 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 It's the GOAT against the next in line. With <laughs> the GOAT versus the baby GOAT. Uh, Bet Online has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, even the length in the national anthem. And if you've listened to this pod before, also a whole bunch of stuff about the weekend and a set and uh, all that good stuff. Always available online or on your mobile device. Visit Bet Online today. Use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All right, Greg. So we talked a lot about the game a little bit earlier. Let's get to the pick and the MVP, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Who do you think wins this game? I think the line is what? Kansas City minus three. Who do you think wins this game and who wins the MVP?
0: Uh, okay. I think that I think that Kansas City wins this game. I just think that um, – they have too many paths to victory. They can play right-handed. They can play left-handed. Um, Mahomes can probably throw the ball uh, behind his back if he needs to. Um, I just think there's there's just he he's he's just incredible, and you know he's just he's just really tough to defend. You can't hold him down. He finds answers eventually. I think with the two weeks off is going to help him be a little bit healthier. Um, so I think that the Chiefs. Uh, I think that the Chiefs win this game, and I'm going to say 37-27 in this game. And uh, my MVP—I mean, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win because they sort of uh, default on this. But my one B choice for MVP is Travis Kelsey. I think he's just—he's—he's uh, he's too much of a mismatch.
1: You took my guy
0: defense. Oh, I did. And, <laughs> <laughs> but that's those are my picks
1: yeah I mean go back to the James White game right against Atlanta I, come on now he, he was the MVP Brady thought so gave him the truck it always goes to the quarterback so yeah well, you know we'll probably see Mahomes uh, be named the MVP I had Kelsey down as well which means of course yes I, I also think that Kansas City wins this game I think Spags will do enough against Brady and that Tampa offense to limit them I don't think he's going to stop them, but I think he will do enough to limit them. And as you said, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just always the X factor. I feel like the way I broke down last year's game against San Francisco, I said this, it's on record. It's going to be a close game. Shoot. Kansas City might even be down. I said, when they were going against San Francisco, they'll get into the fourth quarter and then Mahomes is going to make a play. You're going to say, oh my goodness, he made that play. And then Kansas City is going to end up running away and, and winning the game. And, and I still feel that way when you play against this team. We, we've seen the Patriots play as well as they can defensively yep. against Mahomes. They, they give Mahomes fits, right? Belichick you
0: shut him out in a half for crying yeah, out loud. I mean
1: Belichick, Belichick does the best job against Mahomes relatively speaking when you look around the league and, and what this guy has done and still he finds a way to put up 27, 30 points like they they're gonna find a way to put up probably 30 or more. Now, the weather is supposed to be kind of shaky, might rain a lot, so who knows what what that brings. But if you're telling me it's neutral and there's pretty good weather, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. I just think Mahomes is really tough to go against in this moment. And I don't think Tampa has the secondary, especially with their safeties banged up, to deal with everything that Kansas City can throw at them. So, uh, yeah, give me Kansas City. I also would not be surprised if Le'Veon Bell Plays a role in the passing game. He's been quiet all year long. And I feel like this might be one of those games where, you know, Beanie enemy and Reed pull him out of their back pocket and say, All right, Le'Veon Bell's going to have about five catches for 50 yards and change the dynamic of this game. Uh, let's get to the member question of the day Boston Sports Journal.com. Uh, check them out. 11 cents a day on their annual plan. You get top notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports. And of course, if you're a Patriots fan, and you get to listen to this podcast and enjoy the membership with uh, tons of video analysis from Bedard and also direct access to him in the weekly chats. So usually I have a nice question in front of me, but uh, this time for this episode, this is what I got from Greg. I'll find one eventually.
0: Did you find one? <laughs> I did. Cause I posted my BSJ member chat for Friday. So, right. so, so questions have started. To roll in, but I decided to go a little bit. Let's let's go a little bit off the map on this one. And I think you can participate in this, Nick uh, Packers boys who uh, in my member chat just peppers me with questions. There's like he'll he'll do like 15 of them at a time. Like he just, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So let me pick one of them. Uh, he says, basically, snack and food at House Bedard and his Felger coming over for the Super Bowl. So let's just go with sort of your optimum Super Bowl spread. Uh, you know, your sort of three or four essentials that you need to have. Yeah. Uh, so for me, for a Super Bowl, and uh, I'm not used to being home for the Super Bowl, but I like being home for the Super Bowl. Number one, I got to have something to snack on. So uh, my preference is... I'm good with a good medium salsa, but ideally a spinach and artichoke dip type of thing. Okay. Uh, for my meal, I'll probably grill out a couple steaks. Uh, steaks, not snakes. Steaks. And uh, <laughs> you, even r- r- you,
1: know, you gotta grill some rattlesnakes on
0: uh- it. Yeah, some rattlesnakes. Uh, so a couple steaks, and um, I definitely need like a. I would prefer a really good shrimp cocktail some really fresh fat shrimp. Hmm. And I think I'm, uh, and obviously I need a good Buffalo wing, you know, and I don't go exotic. I just want good, solid, a little bit spicy. I need some blue cheese. You give me all that stuff. Uh, I'm a happy guy. What, what do you have?
1: All right. So I, I think you've got to talk about my wife's dip and uh, Kelly makes this great buffalo chicken dip. That is a must-have. That, that's part of the equation. I'm not big on spice. It's just spicy enough, makes me sweat a little bit on the forehead, but it's really good. So give me some of that. Also, I, I think it's absolutely, absolutely 100% necessary to have wings. And to me, I'm actually a boneless wing guy, so give me some boneless wings. Uh, sweet and spicy is a, is a, a flavor that I like it's kind of a mixture of, of of all sorts of different things, but give me that. I'm not, I'm not a blue cheese guy with wings. Uh, so I'm, I'm a ranch guy with wings. So give me about uh, five buckets of ranch to go along with like 35, 40 wings. And, you know, I I guess you can, you you can also throw in, uh, nachos, but nachos are tough to make at home. So I I don't know if I'd go with a nachos thing at home. I'd go with the Buffalo chicken dip. I'd go with some chicken wings, and uh, you know, I also like the idea of having this Mexican cheese dip that Kelly can make as well. It's it's really really good. So oh, you guys are dipping up the wazoo over yeah, there. Oh, well, I'm a big dip guy. I'm a big. I'm, I'm pro dip. Pro dip all <laughs> the way. But dad, but, dad, I'm pro dip. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that that's what it's gonna start looking like. And of course, I you know, I don't know if you include beer, but uh, you know, craft beer. You know, October, I wish
0: I could. I wish I could partake. And maybe I will, because it will be tough for me to watch the game. But, like, you know, I'm going to have to write something after the game. Like, you know, yeah. and the amount that I work during the football season, I have a beer or two. Forget it. I'm, like, asleep by, like, <laughs> halftime. So I need to be on my game for the for the members over at PSJ.
1: Yeah, I feel like I, I don't drink a lot on Sunday because I do the show on Monday. And people don't understand uh, because, of course, that you know, they don't do a radio show. But you've got to have a lot of energy. And one of the worst things that you can ever do is have to do a radio show with a hangover. It's—I I did it when I was younger, and then I learned it's awful. You've got music and and stuff blaring in your ears. You've got to be, you know, at level twenty when you do a show. So yeah, I'm not gonna go crazy. Uh, that's more like Friday, Saturday stuff for me. But uh, yeah, a couple of craft beers at least are gonna absolutely be on the list. Which reminds me. Uh, one of the true crimes of the history of America is you and I not having enough beer together. I think we've had like, Seriously. I don't know, four or five beers. I know we had a beer or two uh, in, uh, what was it? In Atlanta, we had a beer or two. You mm-hmm. you and Bert had a beer or two. And then I think we had one in Mass at some point. But we got to get together and have some beers because yes, I, I know my I, Greg can drink some beer. I know I can drink some beer. So there you go, Super Bowl 55. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Tell your friends and family all about it. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. We both have Kansas City winning on Sunday. We'll react to this game and get into some Patriots next week. Until then, be safe, be good, and be healthy.